It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB Podcast here from Ausbiz. It is November the 16th. It's a Wednesday. It's hump day. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Carl Rotter in the Sydney studios. Carl, another day, another pretty minuscule decline, but uh, what's going on here? We're watching Wall Street take off like a rocket, and then here we are, just uh, you know, sort of meandering around these five-month highs. Yeah, I don't know what's... Um sentiment is uh, well that's supposed to say about sentiment right now but it's kind of interesting too because i mean a lot of that strength that we're seeing coming through wall streets this kind of slight tech revival i guess it's fairly broad based um and we saw consumer stocks do reasonably well but again it's it's the areas of the market that uh i guess that china kind of china growth sensitive that seems to be um holding things up but broadly speaking a lot of weakness coming through and not seeing any kind of the strength in in the areas of the market that perhaps would have benefited from a strong wall street lead so um can't tell you what's uh, what's happening here a little bit of a little bit of churn if nothing else sometimes for me that suggests that maybe we do a little bit of a pullback some distribu- distribution going on um but we'll, we'll have to see i suppose it will just depend on how the data uh data flow works out for the rest of the week when you combine the aussie dollar movement the local market in US dollar terms is up about 20% from when the RBA went and stepped down to those 25 basis point hikes in the uh, October meeting. So I reckon a few international investors might be looking saying that's a pretty good uh, return in such a short period of time, given the risks that remain out there at the moment. I just wonder whether the uh, currency headwinds are starting to go and play a little bit of an impact here. It has moved very fast, very quickly. And uh, that is something you're going to consider as well. Also noting that we're seeing things like bond volatility starting to go and perk back up again. That was being pretty depressed. The VIX as well. We know what happened last night with those geopolitical uh, headlines out of Europe and that uh, that stray rocket, wherever it came from. No one can mm. really determine where it is at this point in time. But uh, there is a little bit of, I know, geopolitics is still creeping in as well. And then, of course, you talk about what the Fed response might be to what's going on at the moment. We got that PPI report out overnight. Uh, in the states again very soft you know all the componentry including the services side which i've got to say i was pretty surprised about and that's uh yeah feeding that uh, mindset that we're going to go and see uh earlier uh pause from the fed or pivot depending who you ask and then uh yeah happy days but that doesn't necessarily bode well when it comes to trying to go and get inflation back down though over the medium term given the other loosening financial conditions yeah, definitely. And it was a topic that I, I had a bit of an hour of power at uh, 10 o'clock today. All star, star started guest list and certainly ran over uh, into your uh, allotted time slot. Um, but that was uh, one of the uh, you know, core questions coming up is that, you know, how frustrated will the Fed be by uh, asset prices recovering from this, you know, only very modest and perhaps Joseph Caperso was suggesting today a uh, temporary drop in CPI numbers. He seems to think that it might be a little bit of a blip rather than a trend. So, um, can't, you know, it's certainly like markets to uh, run ahead of things. Uh, but I think the question remains, even despite that sort of softer PPI number uh, last night, 
whether we are seeing a meaningful drop in inflation and even if we are, whether it changes the arithmetic all that much of the Fed. Yeah, we get the retail sales are put out in the States later on this evening, which will be very interesting. That will give us a bit of a litmus test as to how the US consumer is coping with these higher, uh, higher inflationary pressures. But uh, for the time being, it all looks like no, the, that has been absorbed. We know there's a lot of recurring debt that's also been taken on the moment, credit cards and the like. And uh, that probably reflects uh, no, partly you no know, cost of living pressures, but also the fact that the labor market still looks really, really rock solid. I had a bit of a yarn about that in the other newsletter today, uh, not to go and extrapolate what's going on in the tech sector and all the other uh, big layoffs we're seeing in that particular uh, industry across the entire U.S. economy. Still about uh, two job vacancies for every unemployed worker at this point in time. That's, uh, that's pretty tight, no matter who you're going to ask. So, yeah, probably no impediment from the Fed to continue at this point to go and uh, go hard, whether it's going to be 50s from now on or maybe the risk of a 75 should the markets continue to rally. But we're probably getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Let's go back to the local markets. Uh, no, down about 0.3% for the benchmark. And, uh, yeah, adding to you know, really, really tiny declines coming through in the first two days of the trading week. It was really you know, a story of weakness across most other sectors, bar materials and uh, energy and uh, they were both uh, you know, enjoying not only the rebounds in commodity prices enjoyed by the US dollar but in softer but also uh, a bit of a thaw in tensions between Australia and China which I've got to say you know, you've got to say it's a long, a long way to go from here but it's uh, good to see both sides talking face to face now rather than uh, having a diplomatic spat across the Pacific. Yeah, I mean, the photos look very, very happy. Albanese seemed pleased with himself. Xi even had um, a, uh, a smile, which, you know, sometimes he, he can be a little bit downbeat, but uh, they both looked fairly cordial. And, um, well, I mean, I don't know if it was entirely the reason behind the move, but, you know, New Hope and, and Whitehaven were uh, on the leaders' board today. So um, maybe good for areas that have been hit by trade sanctions, coal being one of them. And I don't know how Treasury Wines did today. I, I probably should have checked already, but uh, I don't know if uh, it sort of... Low is uh, it was up and about, it was up and about it was. yesterday and uh, going on today. Yeah. A2 milk as well, yeah, no, uh, no, up and at him. So, mate, uh, you're bang on with the other coal miners. Uh, I think that uh, there's no doubt that's a bit of softening. We know that thermal coal imports have been targeted by China unofficially, of course, uh, over the past couple of years. Maybe that will go and change, we'll see soon enough. But I uh, know they've enjoyed the really strong prices, regardless because of the energy security risks that are around at the moment. But so, yeah, snapping back up. A bit of rare weakness, I've got to say, for the coal miners of late. Uh, the uh, top performer on the 200 was New Farm. Explosive result, dare I say so. I can hear everyone cringing at home there on the uh, listening yeah, to the podcast. It was up 8.1%. Uh, 8, 8, 8. Uh, yeah, like uh, Intertech Pivot yesterday. Uh, no solid res- results coming through. And uh, yeah, not surprising that we saw another pop on that, uh, given what we saw yesterday. Uh, the other end of the spectrum, uh, the grey uh, gold miner was uh, been in the walls. It was under some speculation of takeover activity earlier in the week. Also, the gold miners just in general have had an absolutely roaring time of things. Also uh, interesting to go and see the likes of uh, Aristocrat Leisure. Now, it came out with its four-year results and looked pretty solid, uh, all things considered. And the market whacked it down uh, down 5.6% or so for that particular stock. Now, given the actual information there that came through, it was interesting. Like No one could actually go and try and figure out exactly what wasn't like that in the other documents. So we thought, well, let's go and uh, put it to our own uh, experts to go get a sense as to whether Aristocrat Ledger will be worth a buy in the current environment. So we went and put the questions through today to Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Andrew Villant from DP Wealth Advisory. Sat down with Koshi. Take a punt on Aristocrat. Take a listen. Of course, aristocrat is supposed to be recession sort of um, a proof in some respects because we're always going to gamble. We've always got hope. 
But, um, you know, I, th I think, you know, for me, this is probably a hold, mainly because we've got it. I can't see anything in here that's going to really uh, excite me, to be honest. So it ticks all the boxes relating to that peg ratio, whereby the PE is less than the earnings per share growth. It's great return on equity. You've got director and, uh, and, and CEO, sorry, chairman and CEO uh, buying shares. So it ticks all of the Andrew boxes, but a growth company not giving meaningful guidance, um, it's a hold. Well, two holds do not make a right and do not make a proposition for the investment portfolio. So Aristocrat, we're not going to go take a punt on that particular name today. That was Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Andrew Vilent from DP Wealth Advisory. Well, mate, uh, look, the wage price index out locally today. Something for everyone, which is uh, no, a bit, bit of a fencing um, statement, but I think it really was. Uh, it showed at the headline level that we're not seeing those big wage increases coming through like we're seeing in other developed economies. But those more dynamic parts of the labour market we're seeing at this point in time private sector, individual workplace agreements, individual contracts specifically, uh, seeing quite a lot more uh, wage growth stir there. And when you throw in the bonus component, uh, it is getting up there towards the kind of levels we're seeing in other parts of uh, the world in developed economies. What did you make about the, the results and the relief when it came out at 11.30? What did I make of it? Um, well, I mean, I just... Uh, what, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the kind of insights that I drew from people who are far smarter than me. Uh, Part of it is obviously the, the, the public and private split and the private uh, sector wages grew much quicker, which for the best part of a decade we've you know uh, not, not, not seen. Uh, part of that's to do with, I believe, things like bonuses and sign-on bonuses that you know could be uh, fairly temporary. Um, does it change the consideration for the RBA? Well, not at the moment, but unfortunately this is data that's you know pretty stinky by this stage. Uh, we, we've got it. It's 3.1 percent. We're expecting the, the the numbers to continue to move higher, but um, really, it only tells us tells us about the state of the economy. You know, three months ago, effectively, um, wages are expected to go higher. Annualized, um, you know, if you look at it um, annualized over a six month basis, uh, I think it's about 3.6 percent. Uh, so not devastatingly high either. So maybe feeds into the argument that the RBA has uh, that you know we aren't going to see the same sort of wage pressures build that have emerged in other uh, uh, other parts of the global economy so perhaps it can be used to point to um that 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 sort of reasoning for for, for stepping back but i don't know I, I i suppose it just didn't really give us anything new to to go on to really shift materially expectations for rba policy or where, where markets might be heading or, the, or where the economy is heading at the moment yeah i didn't write about the view today but i'll probably write about it combined with the labor force survey tomorrow to get a sense as to where we sit at but one thing that really struck me is that when you include that bonus component uh, there is a lot of wage growth that's stirring, but it's only temporary. It's not recurring. The employees aren't locking in uh, no substantial wage increases uh, by putting it through to general pay. It's just it's a one-off bonus to suit the conditions of the time. And we know that there's a lot of uh, uh, immigration that's now starting to go and pick up, helping to alleviate some of those skill shortages across uh, know, industries that are crying out for workers. So we'll see what happens. But uh, does give me that sense that uh, even though labour market conditions are very, very tight at this point in time, uh, not locking in big increases now uh, probably will go and uh, save some pain, at least from the employer's side of the equation uh, later on down the line. I had a great chat with uh, Warren Hogan just after the release of the report, and uh, he explains really nicely and succinctly as well, which is uh, always helpful about why the wage setting mechanisms designed in the past to go and protect worker wages uh, when you talk about inflation and the like 
is now actually coming back to go and haunt many workers. So, yeah, begs the question, have we got the rights to our system? We know the industrial relations are well and truly uh, in the firing line at the moment when it comes to the new government and the union movement more broadly. So uh, worthwhile having listened to that on the website right now. Other great chats on the program today. As always, I'll set down Carl McIntyre with Fire Trail Investments. Uh, always great to go get a few uh, stock picks from him. Uh, he was looking for the uh, no, the names in the agricultural space. We know that uh, no, some of those names mentioned today. Uh, also, the likes of Grain Corp that was out uh, with its four-year results uh, earlier on as well. It uh, fell as well on the back of that, which is a bit, a bit surprising. Also, uh, given there's so much interest in gold, Carl uh, gave us his views as to how the gold sector is scrubbing up at this point of time. Carl Capolingua, mate, uh, you having a chat with him on the trade about all things lithium. Now, kind of in an air pocket in that particular part of the market. We've seen lithium prices come off the boil, but they are you know, a bit spotty at best. Uh, they have been very high as well recently. Any uh, key takeaways from that conversation? Uh, lithium space in particular, yeah. I mean, I, you know, obviously Carl uh, focuses most heavily on the, the, the technicals, but I mean, his whole um, argument now is we've had such a big run-up, it doesn't hurt to kind of trim just a little bit and add to any positions if we start to see things stabilise. I mean, so much of this is just noise though, right? I mean, uh, another Goldman note, I think some downgrades from Macquarie in the last few days, maybe some sort of movement when it comes to uh, demand in China or speculation about it. So, you know, this was ripe for the picking to see a bit of a, a blow off. Um, structurally, the trends um, and the forces are, are all still um, at play. Carl's takeaway though was, you know, maybe a good time to trim, decide which um, either which areas or, or which plays in the space that you want to, uh, to get either the most exposure to or you think are the the best of the bunch, um, and then just wait to see where this kind of pullback takes you and if there's a, a you know signs of a reversal to perhaps add to your position uh, when that comes uh, when that comes through. Philip Pepe from Sharon Partners so he joined us on the last call on Friday. Well, he was back on the program today with a buy, hold, and sell in the small cap space. Not giving me any more information, but uh, some of the names that uh, used to be loved here on the program but have been shunned more recently uh, feature on that particular list. So, well worth your while having a watch on the show notes. Uh, as mentioned, mate, we've got the Labor Force survey here tomorrow. That will be pretty interesting to see whether we go and see a continuation of that softness in employment growth and whether it translates with an increase maybe in participation uh, to uh, an increase in the unemployment rate. That will be an all area of focus at 11.30 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, abroad, uh, anything on the radar that's I know really you know, pricked your interest? the next 24 hours? Well, I think we've got, uh, and we were talking about it with Lachlan Meekin from Go Markets this afternoon, there's some CPI numbers that are due out of the UK, which by the time most folks will be uh, expected to, you know, perhaps listening to this will have already come out, but uh, so 6 p.m. our time. Um, but uh, expect to come in at about 10.7%, which will be really interesting core, supposed to be more or less flat. Uh, a part of that is the removal of uh, some household support for um, cost of living pressures, energy prices in particular. Uh, we've also got, what do we got? Canadian CPI as well. So that's going to be fairly significant. That US retail sales number, uh, as you alluded to off the top, uh, monetary policy report hearings out of uh, from the Bank of England. And then we're going to get, you know, that kind of, um, you know, chatter from uh, from from Fed speakers continuing to, to come through. Uh, will it be 50? Will they step down? Uh, where will uh, rates end up in 2023? Are we getting overexcited about the prospects uh, of, of that, all that kind of uh, colour that we will get. that That's all in basically the, the space of the next 12 hours. So I do suspect, as along with targets, results uh, that we'll get this evening, uh, probably what we'll be talking about tomorrow morning. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll keep a close eye, in particular on those inflation readings in the uh, in UK and in uh, Canada later on tonight. Uh, no, really helping to go feed whether we're seeing that crescendo when it comes to inflationary pressures more broadly. But you're right about the Fed speakers. Uh, Lael Brainard, uh, I'm not, not going to say she misspoke yesterday, but maybe the messaging could have been a little bit better because uh, uh, her remarks certainly went in like, let the markets get a uh, wriggle on again. Uh, I think they're going to have to go and start singing from the same hymn book. And uh, <laughs> who knows, the markets keep rallying at the moment uh, and, and we don't see that uh, no softening in demand that the Fed wants to go and see. Who knows what we might go and come across next month when it meets. Uh, I still reckon it's uh, way too early to go rule out a 35 at this point in time. A lot of water going to the bridge, but uh, the loosening financial conditions we're seeing has been massive. And that's uh, not really what the Fed would want to be seeing at this juncture. So keep a close eye on the data and any Fed commentary out later tonight. Mate, so let's go and wrap it up there. I've had a good conversation. As always, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Legend. See you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.